There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into a new week here on the podcast. We certainly want to welcome each and every one of you, our chapel service listeners, our homeschoolers, our commuters, and each and every person that listens. We thank the Lord for you. Thank the Lord for this opportunity to bring the Word of God to you. And we thank the Lord for the good day yesterday. I had an opportunity, first and foremost, here at the Grace Baptist Church in Oxford, North Carolina. I was able to preach the morning service and an afternoon service after a meal for their homecoming. And Brother Mike Church was with us. And so Brother Mike Church preached on the, the Sunday school hour. We thank the Lord for the message he brought. It's always a blessing to be with him. He's been a guest on this podcast numerous times. We thank the Lord for him. And then we were to be with Brother Rick Rose last night, with R.G. Rose, also known as Rick Rose, is going to be with us in New York starting on Sunday, and he'll be over at the Anchor Baptist Church all day, including Sunday night, and he'll be with us at the Black Creek Baptist Church for revival next week. I had the privilege to be with him down at Spring Hope, North Carolina, last night, and we thank the Lord for the message he brought. And so we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do tonight through Wednesday night, 7 o'clock prayer, 7.30 service here at the Grace Baptist Church. That's about 680 Broad Street or in that area on the left-hand side if you're coming off of I-85. And we certainly look forward to what the Lord is going to do. We had a good time in Maine. We thank the Lord for the Word of God that went forth in Maine. Thank the Lord for the privilege we had to preach, for the friendships the Lord has formed through the Word of God. And then we're looking forward to the Lord is going to do this fall. We'll be here in North Carolina and head to two weeks in New York and then two weeks back-to-back in Pennsylvania. And we're finally get to take a breath before one more meeting before the Thanksgiving season. And so we look forward to this. I'm going to do question and answers today. This is something I've not done yet on the podcast. But we have several folks that have contacted us. Two of them have asked specifically, could you deal with something on the podcast? And uh, something that would be explanatory rather than just try to explain it with a phone call or something like that. I'm glad to do that. I assume there may be others that have questions. And so we're going to reach out through the podcast to answer a few things. One, and the question is simply, how do I identify Jesus Christ in Scripture? Well, one thing for sure, it is a matter of faith. It's not intellectual. It's a matter of faith. You have to see him by faith. You have to believe what God said. You have to believe the word of God. We've used key identifiers on here before. We talked about speaking by the Spirit of Christ. Then we also talked about this holy men of God speaking as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And we talked about his sufferings. We see these things in Scripture, but sometimes it's not always easy. I have folks contact me and they'll ask me, is this Jesus Christ? Someone asked me recently concerning Psalm 52, and I had recently looked at this. A man had preached on this message, and he preached on the tongue. And he preached on the tongue of Doeg the Edomite. Because this is to the chief musician, Maskell, the Psalm of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. And so then it goes on and says, Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. So why boastest thyself in mischief? Therefore, it cannot be Jesus Christ. 
We see in verse 2, Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness, Selah. Thou lovest evil more than good. That's pretty simple. It's not Jesus Christ. Thou lovest all devouring words. O thou deceitful tongue, God shall likewise destroy thee forever. Now there's an interesting place there. He's going to root him in verse 5 out of the land of the living. So what we see now is more evidence to the contrary. What we see here is that man of sin. Somebody specifically asked me about this passage, and I looked at this and studied this, realized this is the man of sin. This is speaking of that wicked. This is speaking of what is commonly referred to as the Antichrist, although the Bible never titles him that. He is always that wicked, or the man of sin, the son of perdition. And it goes on, it says, The righteous also shall see him in fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. So again, we see somebody that God has slain. God has utterly removed him from the land of the living. So I did just the same way you identify Christ. That's where I've gone with this, by the way. The same way you identify Christ in scripture is how you identify that man of sin in prophecy. You realize that this cannot be Jesus Christ. This cannot be David the psalmist. Doag is a picture or a type, but even as David speaks of Doag, he is prophesying of that man of sin. But then it says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. So now the Lord tells us, He closes the psalm with certainly what could be messianic, but he opens the psalm with that man of sin. And it's interesting, we see a pattern for that also in Psalm 109. In verse 6, Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned, let his prayer become sin, let his days be few, and let another take his office. And again, this is a psalm of David, this is the chief musician, But what office is that? It's the bishopric of what Peter spake that Judas forsook when he went out and betrayed Christ and then went out and hanged himself. Said there a wicked man over him. Who? Judas Iscariot. So again, we see prophets. We see it goes on and speaks much of this, that there'll be no mercy as posterity's cut off. He'll be blotted out. But then we see as we go on down through this, let, 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 the reward of his adversary. But then verse 21, but do thou for me, O God, the Lord, for thy name's sake, because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I preach this, not only the first part of the psalm as Judas Iscariot, but this is Jesus Christ lamenting the betrayal. This is Jesus Christ prophesying of his deliverance. Because he's a reproach in verse 25, when they looked upon me, they shaked their heads. So again, it's the words that God speaks. Those of you having trouble identifying things in scripture, can it be the writer? Can it be the prophet? Can it be the man who's speaking? If not, find out who it is. You may not see it right away. Look for what the words say. Who is that they shook the head at? They shook the head at Jesus Christ. Who did they they curse and mock? They mocked Jesus Christ. Was he a reproach? Yes, he was made a reproach. The scripture tells you that. But the first part of this is just line upon line. And by the way, this is much experience with the scripture. This is me being saved 26 and a half years, preaching some 22 years, and looking at scripture, believing the word of God, and then seeing things in scripture and trusting my King James Bible that I can believe them. The second question has come to us concerning the flesh. 
And someone asked us about how do you identify, how do you know what the flesh is? What does it mean when you say flesh and spirit? And it's pretty basic and it's pretty simple once you see it and once you understand it. Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome explains to us exactly what the flesh is. And he goes on, he says, verse 4, wherefore you, my brother, you also become dead to that law by the body of Christ. There's that body represented, that's the body of Christ. That you should be married to another, even if he was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, now there's the question, we were in the flesh. What does that mean? The motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Now, what are those members? Well, we see that in Romans chapter 8 also, that sin is in your members. He tells you to mortify the deeds of the body. And so what are the members? They're the parts of your flesh. My hands are a member. My feet are a member. My eyes are a member. What are they? They're a member of my body. When I was in the flesh, that means I did not have spirit. I did not have the witness of the spirit. I did not have evidence of the spirit. I did not have the new man, which is created in holiness. I was a natural man. What does that mean? Just like I was born, I had never been born again. I had never changed. I was just flesh. I was living according to the flesh. Every day, I served my own purpose. Every day, I served my own belly. Every day, I served myself. I did what I wanted to do because I had never died to the flesh. So I was going through the motions of sin. Why? Because I was a sinner. And because I was a sinner, I could go through the motions of sin. I could do what I wanted to do. Verse 6, but now we are delivered from the law that being dead, now that's not, it's not physical, it's spiritually, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. But then the Apostle Paul explains a little bit, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So now he tells us lust is in your flesh. Lust is in your body. You desire to have. You desire things. You want. You covet. That's what he spoke of. You want things more than what God has for you. Why? You're living naturally. You're living according to the flesh. You're living in the motions of sin. And therefore, the question raised, what is the flesh? The Apostle Paul tells you in this exact same passage, he says in verse 17, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. In verse 18, for I know that in me, and then parentheses, that is in my flesh, parentheses, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So he tells you a little bit more about the flesh here. He tells you and gives you understanding of that that is in me, that is say, my flesh. So therefore now we see man is divided, if you will, We see that he has the spirit now, but he still has his flesh. And so what you have is that war, that contrary one to another. The natural man, the man that's never been born again, the man has not received Christ, that man who does not have a spiritual birth, that man is contrary to God by nature. He is flesh. He is fleshly. Therefore, sin worketh in his mortal body. He's going through the motions of sin. He cannot stop the motions of sin. But the natural man that's been born of God now has the spirit of God. And the spirit is life. It does not work death. The spirit works life in us. And he goes on and tells us in verse 5 of Romans 8. Let me start in verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, 
but after the Spirit. So what does that mean? These are spiritual things we seek. We hope this podcast is a spiritual podcast. We hope that what God uses for is to feed your spirit, not your flesh. This is nothing appealing or carnal about this. This is nothing that should appeal to the flesh. That's what modern self-help religion does. It appeals to your carnal nature. It appeals to your flesh. It makes things sound good. It makes things feel good. It makes things, oh, this is so wonderful. And just, oh, this is just such a great thing. And oh, it just appeals to me. And it appeals to my intellect. And it appeals to my social status. And it appeals to my emotions. All those things are of the flesh. But now we walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He said to be carnally minded is death. That carnal mind, he tells us also, is part of that flesh. Why? What is that carnality? It's in your flesh. Why? You've been sold under sin. He tells you that. It is no more I that doeth, what he say, but sin that dwelleth in me. I know that in me, that is in my flesh. That's you, the person, what you want, what you desire, what you absolutely would die for. Those things are in you, but yet... The saved person, the person born of God, has the witness of God, has the witness of the Spirit, has an internal working that the natural man has not. Therefore, ye beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You now have help in praying. Someone had asked me recently about that. How do you pray in the Spirit? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? It means to pray God's will to be done, And pray according to the will of God and the work of God, not to please your flesh. You know, when I was a single man some 10 plus years ago, I could pray and say, Lord, would you send me a wife? That's not a bad thing. A man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And that's not a bad thing to pray. But what if I said, well, you Lord, send me a wife. And then I give the Lord dimensions and appearance and looks and all those things that I want. Then all of a sudden I've turned that what could be a spiritual matter into a fleshly matter. Why is that? Because I'm appealing to my flesh. I'm searching out to please my flesh. That's why most people are lost on their way to hell. They're trying to please them rather than please God. But the new birth takes care of that. The new birth implements change. The new birth will make you a new creature in Jesus Christ and how we certainly thank the Lord for that. Would you tune in again tomorrow? This is just two questions we've answered on the podcast. We'll be back in Matthew chapter 9, Lord willing, tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh.
Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. 